0: You're listening to The Raising Family Podcast with your hosts, David Steele and Linda Hill. Brought to you by thefamilyproclamation.org.
1: Thanks for tuning in today to The Raising Family Podcast. I'm David Steele, and I'm here with my co-host, Linda Hill.
0: Today we are talking about unity. Unity. Unity is something that is on a lot of people's minds, Um, both national and church leaders are talking about it, and we thought we'd go over just a few of the things that our church leaders have recently said on this topic. Um, Sharon Eubank, she said, may we use our individual and collective efforts to increase unity in the world. Then Elder Oaks recently spoke on the BYU campus, and he said, we must unite in love of each other and of our Savior Jesus Christ, as well as only the gospel of Jesus Christ can unite and bring peace. And then Elder Quentin L. Cook said, Our desire is that our heart and minds will be knit in righteousness and unity and that we will be one with them.
1: And more recently, you know, we heard from Scott D. Whiting of the Seventy uh, at a BYU devotional. And I mean, this this entire talk or devotional is very, very, very good. Um, I'm just going to read a few parts of it. It's not too long, but I think that this is super, super important. And so we're going to start... And I'm going to read some of it. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to give any commentary on it until I'm done reading it. So, here it goes. Some, in their efforts to love others, feel it necessary to abandon the teachings and commandments of God or to advocate for a change of his doctrine. But to love God is to accept his teachings, commandments, and doctrine. Remember that Jesus taught, if you love me, keep my commandments. A true disciple does not try to change the teacher, his teachings, or his laws of discipleship. Jesus warned of this when he taught, The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Guard against such subtleties in your efforts to love your neighbor. The adversary will attempt to lead you to believe that you are aligned with the Lord by loving your neighbor in a way that leads you to then question those who have been called to lead and direct his kingdom on earth. Those who invert the two commandments put themselves and their neighbors ahead of the Lord their master, teacher, and seek to counsel him and his called leaders. So that that's that's one part of it. That's That was a little bit long, but it is very, very interesting how he talks about that. And that's kind of what we've been talking about. And there, here's another part that I want to read, actually, that's also just incredible. This seems to be an increasing area of confusion and misunderstanding. The adversary knows that if he can invert these two great laws in our mind— Then he can entice disciples from the path and dissuade others from stepping onto that path. We must be careful that in our efforts to love our neighbor, we don't begin advocating against the Lord. And uh, I think that this is a very necessary topic. Um, You know, when we were talking about this, I was thinking back to about a week ago, I was just scrolling through my Facebook page. Or the wall. It used to be called the wall. I don't remember what it's called now. <laughs> Your, wall. Your Facebook wall, and uh, one of my friends just said on there, um, no explanation really of anything. It just said, "If you voted for this person, please you know unfriend me." Wow. And I thought, wow, that's very intense. And
0: that is so- maybe
1: not you know super unified. I didn't feel very unified with him at that moment. Um, <laughs> but crazy. Yeah, it's just it's an interesting world out there right now.
0: Yes, it's true. There's a lot of division. I think that this isn't the first time that we've experienced this kind of division in our country, but there's an intensity to it mm-hmm. yeah. um now that seems different. I've lived a few more years than you, and I do think this there's definitely <laughs> an, an intensity here. <laughs> I see friends unfriending friends, and there's family not speaking to other members of their family. Neighbors are turning away from neighbors they don't agree with, and there's just there is a level of division that I haven't seen in my lifetime. yeah,
1: yeah. no right, I can, match this. I, I agree, and uh, you know, I think. One of the big things is, so what do we do? You know, how do we become united? Um, and what do we unite around?
0: It's a good question. Yeah. Because there's some pretty polarizing ideas out there. So, yes, what 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 do we unite around?
1: And I think it's really interesting that quote that you read from Elder Oaks at the BYU devotional. He says um, that it is our love for each other and our love for Jesus Christ that we must unite in. And I think that, I think, is a very telling you know.
0: Okay, so there's two parts to that then, right? There's two separate parts, our love for each other and our love for Jesus Christ. Why don't we start with that first one, our love for each other? What does it look like to unite in love of each other? I I mean, there's a few questions to answer here. Um, Where do we learn about love? Is it hard to love others sometimes? And three, how do we love others in this time of such great divide?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, think for myself, I think that I learned— about love, how to love, how to forgive, how to mend relationships, all of those types of things, um, I think that really just started in my home
0: well there's, um, you have a large family right I do
1: yeah, I'm the ninth of ten children,
0: and you all got along perfectly. and
1: we all got along perfectly, <laughs> not a single
0: never an argument. bit of
1: disunity in that clan um, no, but I, I really do remember my I have a little sister, so I'm the ninth and my, my the youngest is a girl, and she uh, what's the word feisty? She was a oh. little bit feisty. I think one time she hit me in the head with a two before. Oh, um, wow. and I was a little bit scared of her to be honest. She was, she was feisty, but I remember my mom would always, always push me and say, like, even when I had friends over and my little sister would want to come and hang out and I'm thinking, well, she's going to hit me in the head with something. I don't know if I want her <laughs> around, but my mom would always say like, you really need to make a, make a place for your sister. You know, I don't, you, if you're going to have friends over, then you're going to be able to be with your sister too. Like those just have to go together. And I remember always thinking that was a little bit annoying. Um but I had to do it or else I couldn't have friends over. And, right, we had that rule
0: in our house too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and and it really ended up being something that really unified my sister and I throughout our lives and we were super super close. Um all through high school and when I was on my mission she would write me every week and and we we still have a really good relationship. And I think that that all happened in the home. And not only did that happen in the home, but that taught me how to unify and how to kind of manage those relationships outside the home.
0: I absolutely believe that the unity does begin in the home. We had a lot of rules like that as well in my home. And I've instituted those rules with my children as well. Um, You know, unlike everything family and home are the lab of life where we practice everything we're learning President Nelson said, the home is to be God's laboratory of love and service. And I have another quote that I have really loved, I think, especially in light of recent political happenings and whatnot. This was given, I think, before you were even born. It was by (laughs) Barbara Bush. She said, your success as a family, our success as a nation depends not on what happens inside the White House, but what happens inside your house.
1: Mm. It's a great quote. Yeah, I I must have been before I was born, because I would have remembered that. That's good stuff. (laughs) Um, You know, and when you think of it like that, I think you realize that, you know, this podcast is really about the family proclamation. Um, I think one of the greatest tools to achieve unity is the family proclamation. You know, it's a guide for improving our most important relationships, starting in the home. Uh, You know, if we study and practice it, we can create unity in the home, which will enable us to create more unified societies,
0: Right. And I think those other questions that we're talking about, um, about how it's hard to love other people sometimes and how do we love others now when things are so divided can be answered together. So unless you're claiming perfection, like we talked, maybe your family with mm-hmm. ten yeah, kids no, have perfect, I, I you know, relationships. <laughs> I think we can agree that loving everyone is not so easy. Mm-hmm. In theory, we all agree with it, but when it comes to application, sometimes we kind of fail. I know I do mm. miserably because it's just not easy to love everyone. Mm. So, how do we love those who are difficult and with whom we disagree, even vehemently sometimes? How do we how do we <laughs> yeah, love everybody?
1: Well, you know, I think maybe one of the best ways, we just try and see them the way the Lord sees them. I know that's probably also just a lot easier said than done. Right. Um, you know, but if we are to love them as He loves us, we might, you know, end up just needing to ask Him how to do that, um, get some guidance from Him, I think, right. you know.
0: Well, I've had some... I've, I've lived long enough in my life to maybe have had one or two conflicts with people close to me,
1: uh, family, just one, friends, just, <laughs> just a few.
0: Um, I found that sometimes people don't always agree with me. Uh, sometimes they just don't like me or want to be my friend, and that kind of hurts deeply. Yeah. When I was younger, I remember my mom had to gently teach me one time when I was so upset of this person uh-huh. that just would not be my friend. And she just said, well, sometimes not everyone's going to like you all the time. And that was just earth-shattering to me. <laughs> um, I, I, I've been hurt sometimes by people who've put me down, who've maybe misunderstood me. And it's very possible that I've said very dumb things over yeah. the years that have been offensive to people. And, you know, unintentionally, we do that. Or some people have just completely dismissed me. It's a it's hard experience to, to to have that kind of rejection. Mm-hmm. And I found that there are times that I've definitely messed things up. But sometimes it has nothing to do with me. But sometimes it's just them. Yeah, There are a number of things that I've done to try to heal those wounds like you said, I've learned first and foremost, I've had to pray about it sometimes yeah. and ask God to love help me to see that person the way He sees that person right yeah and and I've been surprised when I've prayed about it that sometimes I've had these flashes of inspiration of ways to to sort of build those bridges right um one thing I've learned is finding out people's story when you just really get in get to know somebody and mm-hmm. maybe learn a little bit about their background, I think sometimes it helps us understand people and where they're coming from and maybe appreciate them better, maybe understand their viewpoint better. And I think we could use a lot of that right now, just a little more empathy and listening and trying to understand. Yeah, just kind of
1: putting yourself in their shoes, finding out where they're coming from type of stuff. Yeah, that's, that's
0: We huge. We need a lot more listening, I guess, and less talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, less talking.
0: <laughs> um, you know, another one is just trying to find common ground, you know, likes, dislikes, hobbies, sports teams, humor. And I found sometimes just the best subject is to ask somebody about their family, because mm-hmm. we all, are part of a family or have a family. And um, I think that helps us connect with people. And also a soft answer, turneth away wrath. I mean, that's just just an old classic, right? I mean, sometimes we want to respond quickly and prove that we're right or whatever. And sometimes we just need to agree to disagree, let that soft answer um, put things to rest, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing is service. I mean, serving people, I think that's how we love people is we we serve them. We find a need that needs to be met. And it doesn't always have to be big. And I have found, yeah, if all its fails, David. Cookies.
1: Cookies. Cookies always work. And anyone who knows me knows that cookies
0: are my language of love. And I do think that just those little acts of service, I know that I have also come to love people that have served me yeah, as well in allowing people to serve me in some way or another, which is mm-hmm. sometimes hard because mm-hmm. our pride sometimes doesn't allow us to accept service from others. Yeah. So those are some things that I found that might help love one another.
1: And I was thinking, man, maybe I should just start with the cookies and (laughs) find out what comes after that, you know, or at least ask other people to start with cookies. That's always a good idea. You know, but that does make a lot of sense. So I guess, you know, the real question on this part is, you know, is loving others sufficient? You know, is that enough? And I think that if we look back at Elder Oaks' quote, he doesn't say that that's enough. He says that there is another part, which is uniting in our love for Jesus Christ. You know, and that's actually the first commandment, you know, love the Lord thy God. And in Elder Oaks' talk, he said that we should unite in our love for Jesus Christ. So, I mean, how do we love Jesus Christ? You know, what does that actually look like?
0: Well, in the scriptures, I think it's pretty clear how we love the Lord. And if you even start the sentence with most Christians, they can finish it. In John 14, 15, it says, if ye love me, keep my Keep my commandments.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, God says that he loves us, so that is how we're supposed to love others, but he does say that if we love him, we will keep his commandments.
1: And, you know, so I hope we don't, you know, mix this up here in looking at the order of things. You know, the second commandment is love thy neighbor. The first commandment is to love the Lord. So, I guess looking back to Elder Oaks Talks, why did President Oaks say to unite in our love for the Lord? You know, why did God put that first? You know, what does unity have to do with loving the Lord?
0: Okay, so what I hear you saying is we are told to unite in our love for each other, but more importantly, for our love of the Lord Jesus Christ. where We are required to love our neighbor as Christ loves us, but for us to reciprocate that love, to show the Lord that we love him, he has asked one thing of us and that is to keep His commandments. That is what unity hinges on, even more than being nice.
1: And you know, you know, I hope we're driving this home hard enough. We talk constantly about kindness, about love, about compassion, those things being the answer to unity. But do you think that maybe that's just plain not true? You know, I'm saying that love, kindness, and compassion, I'm not saying that those are not amazing virtues. Right. But those things alone do fall painfully short of redemption.
0: That, yes, that is exactly what we're saying then. So as sad as it is, that means that my cookies just won't save us all. <laughs> Even though they're really, really good cookies. <laughs> you know, I, I could make them for the whole world, and that still, I guess, yeah, is that, not going mean, to solve that the problem. That is sad. That
1: part's a little bit sad.
0: Right, and so maybe that's good. I'm not sure I have quite that much time anyway. So um, <laughs> so basically, Elder Oaks hits it right on the head When he says that in reality, our unity should lie in our love for the Lord, our love for his way, our love for his love, and our firm desire to do what he has asked. Love him, follow him. We think, and we often say in society that we, Mm -hmm. with our love for each other, can solve the unity problem. Yeah, like
1: we have all the, we hold the chips. Right, love is Mm -hmm. the answer. We say that a lot. Right? We we hear that
0: all the time, love is the answer. But basically... The truth is that we alone can't solve it without the Savior.
1: Absolutely, Linda. And, and it bears repeating that part of what Elder Whiting warns and advises, where he says, the best way to love your neighbor is actually to advocate and stand for the teachings of the master. Um, you know, and so in the proclamation, so how does this all relate back to the proclamation? You know, and when we look into the scriptures, what is the very first thing that God asked of Adam and Eve? You know, it was to begin a family. Right. That was the beginning. He built the family unit. That was how he chose to begin this mortal test, with a marriage and with a family. And, you know, we know that that they weren't a perfect family. You know, you read the scriptures, there was a lot of stuff going on there. But he started with that family unit. And and that's just so key, I think.
0: Right. And because of all that, I guess we would know that the greatest unity and happiness comes from honoring the family as God laid it out. Yeah. I mean, it's his greatest creation. Mm -hmm and his building block for society, as imperfect yeah. as it is. I mean, we know, you can look back at Adam and Eve and know that their children had problems. Right? Yeah. They didn't always have unity, but mm-hmm. they. I think he obviously thought that that was the best place for children to to learn of him. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the family proclamation is such a great guide that enables our families to learn how to love each other and to learn how to love the Lord. So, that's I think that's one of the reasons that we're so passionate about the proclamation and sharing it with the world. Because great families don't just happen, and neither does unity. We need a guide.
1: Yeah, we do. We for sure need a guide. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, I've learned is every time the Lord asks us to do something, you know, we may think this is a big thing. We have we have a lot to do to love the Lord, and we have a lot to do to, to unify. But no matter how hard it may seem, you know, we're the ones who do come out better in the end.
0: Always. You know, yeah. in the
1: Book of Mormon, King Benjamin illustrates that point perfectly when he says, you know, I would desire that you should consider the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they're blessed in all things.
0: Ah, I love that. We know we know that the family is so important to God, and it's the starting point for true unity, and the proclamation is the perfect guide for both of those things. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope and we pray that we can follow the counsel of the Lord and increase our unity through loving each other, and more importantly, loving the Savior. And there's so much more on this and other topics on the familyproclamation.org. So we hope that you'll visit that website.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and I think, you know, we, we always kind of end with a quote from the family proclamation. Um, and as I read this quote, maybe just think to yourself, the things we've talked about today with unity, you know, how can you share that? How You know, who in your life needs this message in their life? Um So here's the quote from the proclamation. We call upon responsible citizens and officers of government everywhere to promote those measures designed to maintain and strengthen the family as the fundamental unit of society. So thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you gleaned something from this, and we hope that you will share this with as many people as you can. Thanks for joining us.
0: See you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Raising Family Podcast. This episode was directed by Whitney Steele. Our research coordinator is Angela Valentine. Audio was edited and mixed by John Wright. The Raising Family Podcast is brought to you by thefamilyproclamation.org.